Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome in to another episode, edition, and all that good stuff of Lorena McNary's Live Presents Wednesdays with our PR and fashion guru expert, Ian Navarrel, and she is on the phone. And we have a topic that I am ready with my notepad because I will be interviewing her, having a conversation with her, taking notes from her gleaning any nuggets of wisdom that she lays out about this crowdfunding and fashion branding. Everybody welcome the fabulous Ian Navarrel to the show. <laughs> you, you are so kind. How are you this morning? Girl, I'm awesome and improving from awesome. How about that? Um, <laughs> that is good. That is good. Are you staying with your echinacea and your vitamin C during this holiday, kind of rainy, wet season, because we have to stay healthy, you know. We have to, and that is such a huge focus of mine that I have taken on personally as well, and will definitely be adding some of those little uh, twists and turns that I'm taking into, I will incorporate those into my into the radio program. I've already started doing it on the TV part, so, and it's huge, you know, it is huge that we have to take better um, care of ourselves so we can help other people as well. That's true. That's that true. Out. That is true. I am truly excited about today's topic, and a lot of it, you know how we were doing the whole buzz thing, and anytime there's a buzzword, whether it's OMG or LOL or social media, everybody kind of jumps on the bandwagon. And so mm-hmm. I've been getting quite a number of inquiries from clients, potential clients, current clients, and just general, especially even clients that I do fundraising and grant writing for, about this crowdfunding and a lot of these this campaign blitz. And for those who are in the philanthropic industry, 
they know that we, we know in corporate it's called Black Friday. Well, FYI, in the philanthropic industry, it's called Giving Tuesday. And Giving Tuesday is the first Tuesday in December, which is December 3rd. So that is also a buzzword. We have Black Friday, we have Giving Tuesday, all these things. And all of it is around money. All of it's around money. And then we have the crowdfunding. And so I would like to share a case definitely for us to look at, and then to really understand, or especially those who just think, oh, I'm just going to raise some money and start this, this whole thing. Why would anybody do that? For starters, pun intended, is one of the first <laughs> crowdfunding, <laughs> is one of the first crowdfunding platforms. And the little kind of nugget that everybody needs to be aware of before we even get into the details is that Kickstarter has this caveat. When you set up your Kickstarter account and you put a dollar amount that you want to raise, and you have to put a time frame, you're either going to say from January 1st to February 1st or from November 25th to whatever, that time frame and that dollar amount is strict, completely strict, meaning if you do not raise that dollar amount, all the money gets kicked back to the individuals who donated to you. Well, why is that? Well, I don't know what the founders were thinking, but you have to be very strategic in when you're pulling this together. So not only knowing what it would really take to pull off this project you're trying to, to convince people to donate to, but also it has to be realistic. It has to be something that's going to move the dial from a more national or international standpoint. So that's one thing I need everybody to, to actually grab hold. And some, a lot of folks don't, a lot of folks do not. And they can't understand, why are they giving the money back? What if I'm like a dollar short or two dollars short? Well, I think you better kick in your own dollar or two so you can make sure you make your, your goal. But that, that is a big component of Kickstarter. You have to make sure that the goal that you set financially, when you put up, start your account, it must be met by that deadline. So what is this whole thing about? Basically, you're pulling together a crowd of people, people you don't know, some you do, some who wish they could be a part of something, and you're asking them to give to you because you have this project. Okay, we all have projects. We all have dreams and aspirations. What is so different about yours? In fashion, what has been so interesting to me is the individuals who I've seen that have started Kickstarter accounts based on they want to start a, a designer line. I'm thinking, and why would I do that for you? We have 100,000 people that want to start a clothing line. Why would I choose your line, your product, your whatever the case may be to, to donate to? And it kind of stops right there. So individuals mm-hmm. are in this mind. You there? Yes, uh, I said yes. I'm, I'm following you. I'm definitely following. Oh, okay, you. I'm sorry. And so I'm thinking. First, I have to sit back and wonder what makes people think that because they have a line and something that's great, that just putting up a Kickstarter account is going to get people to donate. I never understood that. But one thing you have to know that Kickstarter is driven by video. 
there are a number of people that don't even have video on a Kickstarter account. They'll put up pictures of their clothes. They'll put up a picture of someone in their clothes. They may put up just all these visuals. Not going to work. Video, video, video. So the case that I want to talk about the, that revolutionized Kickstarter in the industry and that raised the most money ever from a fashion brand. Now, there have been other projects that have raised a lot of money, but this particular one raised $65,000. They had 796 backers or donators, if you will, and it was Versalette. It's V as in Victor, E-R-S-A-L-E-T-T-E. And it's the Versalette by Revolution Apparel. The one-liner about Versalette, Loretta, do you remember the one garment that you can change and wear it as a scarf, a hat, a skirt, a dress? Do you remember that? Multiple. Multiple. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and and it, it was good, right? So we took that one piece and awesome. it was a <laughs> It was it was great. We could be a scarf today, a hat tomorrow, a skirt. Well, Versalette has fifteen ways that you can wear that one. Now, that's not to say that just because the garment was advertised as having only six looks, it only has six looks. When you're in fashion and creative, you can make something look in in multiple ways. But the the main thing about Versalette was. When you look at their video, and I'm encouraging everyone listening to please Google it, it'll come up. And the campaign started in 2011, by the way. It was only, I think it was a month. I think it was only for a month, 30 days. And when you look at the video that they put together, the impact of this line was from an international perspective. For instance, their video shows how what they're doing with the design, how they made it, which is eco-friendly, how the fabric that they're using is helping reduce A, B, and C, D in the environment. Everything about their line had an international and an environmental impact. That makes sense. That would be a reason for me to invest. When you think about how am I going to encourage someone to invest in something that I'm doing, I don't want to go on and, and, and give money to – an item or a project or a thing that is going to be on a big screen somewhere that I may go pay for to see or is going to be put in some brand store that I'm going to go buy. What is it going to do to improve my lifestyle, my children's lifestyle, my relatives? What is it going to do beyond this self-gratification? And that was the movement behind this line. It had nothing to do these two girls, when you read about them, they were not even in fashion. They were about how can we make a contribution to society from an eco-sustainable aspect? How can we contribute to the environment, to the land, to across seas? What can we do to make an international impact? And when you think about your brand and wanting someone to kickstart it, to get it started, you have to ask the question, what is it doing besides a self-gratification of making me look great? That kind of thing. You know what I mean, Loretta? It has to really yeah, have yeah. legs. Yeah. Because like you said, there are a thousand million people who can do that same thing. So, you know, I could just put something together and say, hey, now I want to be a fashion designer. I, I found this really cool top. 
I made a couple of splits and twists and mm-hmm. put some, you know, embellishments on it. Now I want to, you know, be a fashion designer. But that's all. Mm-hmm. I want it for my own personal glorification, my own personal use. Right. And so, while, again, then people ask the question, well, why would I want to help Loretta, you know, open up a fashion boutique or, or design her own fashions when it is all clearly just for her? So when you're saying what right. these people did <clears> – <throat> Not only so, not only are fashion conscious people going to want to say, "Hey, that's beautiful, that's awesome," but now sustainability plays a factor. Um, socially, mm-hmm. social um, people who you know about the planet, socially conscious people. Mm-hmm. Now they're looking at it; they can see a win-win for everybody. So I can definitely see how you have to make those decisions because everybody's trying mm-hmm. to do it. I want my movie. I want people to donate so I can write right. a book. I want people to donate so I can, you know, make this movie. But, right. yeah, so you have to be and, very financially know, secure. And, and here's another thing, Loretta. When, when I think about the fashion industry and branding and Kickstarter and all of that, remember that I have to trust you to do what you said you're going to do with this money. I don't know you. I don't know you from campaign. I I'm, I'm over in Australia or something, and I'm investing. So there's a trust factor. So surely do your due diligence. Go online. Do some research. Find out who the individuals are you're, you're giving to. But the other huge thing about what these two ladies did was some things that we don't believe in other than life is there is a beginning and there's an end. These ladies did this amazing project, raised thousands and thousands of thousands of dollars. They sold out over and over and over again. And guess what? A year later, no, two years later, they stopped. Completely ended the whole thing. And you can find all of this online. There are movements, and movements don't always have to continue for 20, 30, 60, 80 years. I mean, not necessarily. You make your impact, you move on. You make your impact, you move on. And even with nonprofits, some of them, when you look at their mission and their vision, is there an end? So when you have a nonprofit that says, oh, we want to end poverty, well, that may never end, unfortunately, but sometimes you make your impact in poverty and you shut down. A lot of us don't believe in shutting it down, closing the door. It's an end. Sometimes when I talk, think about and talk about fashion on the square, and I say to the unsung girls, I say, you know, at some point, there's an end. And that doesn't mean that there's no more fashion in my life or in your life, or that's the concept. We have to really be realistic in the concept. So these ladies, after they contributed to the earth, sustainability, they made a great product, made thousands and thousands and thousands of sales. They said, you know what? We looked up one day and realized, okay, we've done this. And I don't know if, how many people saw the interview with Oprah the day after the last day of her show, all these years on air, multi-million, probably billionaire, all of this, and, she, and the question was, so what did you do the next day after you were completely done? As you, as you know, oh, network, and she's continued. But she said, what did you do the next day? And Oprah said, you know, she said, and they said, how did you feel about not being on, on the air? Or She said, I looked at my list. And I said, okay, that's done. And she saw that whole endeavor of 20-plus years on air, 
all the impact, the school in Africa, well, that still continues. The girls, all of these things, and she checked it off the list. Okay, that's done. And it took me a moment to resonate with that because you would think something so grand that you may be empty or you may be, and I understood what she said. That's done. It was something that was allowed to happen in my life. It was a universal movement, and it's done. And sometimes we need in fashion and branding and whatever you're doing, sometimes there's a beginning and an end. But then you can get caught up. So you got your Kickstarter going, they raise money, and now you're, you're open shop and you're, you're doing everything. You're doing everything. Well, if you don't pay close enough attention, you can find yourself off kilter and off track and completely not doing it for the reason it was started. In, in, in or irrelevant, or it becomes irrelevant if you don't change or reinvent mm-hmm. it. You know, you can't just continue to do the same thing for 5, 10, 15, 25, 30 years and <laughs> still expect it to be relevant. You know, I don't care right. what it is. You have to change the game at some point. You know, and, and God you don't need another change. I'm sorry. And you're right. <laughs> now, this is, one, this is one item. This is one piece of material that's used in 15 different ways. Loretta, at some point, there's an end <laughs> because you're, yes. you're just reading. Now, I'm not saying this is why they ended, and you can read their story and find out, but they were smart enough to say, and these are young girls. And when I say young, I'm, I'm thinking I think they're under 25 or something like that or under 27 or something like that. And they were smart enough to say, you know, as they were about to launch their second round of a couple of years, they stopped and said, wait a minute, let's take a look. Let's take a look at what's really going on in this second phase and realize that there's an end. So back to the whole crowdfunding and really focusing on that, if that video is not engaging, and take a look at the video, it is not only its words, there's movement, there, there's messaging, there's branding, that is a very well put together and I don't believe you ever see their face in that video. If you do see their face, they may be one of the, what do you call, extras, extras, but you don't see them talking into the camera. Not, I would not recommend that as a publicist. You, you're, you're not selling you. You're selling the product. You're not trying to get people to buy into you. You're trying to get them to buy into the product or the, the thing. Please take yourselves off the camera, people. It's not necessary. Now, if it's a documentary about your life, documentary your life, I don't think that those go together, but if it's about you, then okay. But if it isn't, please take yourself off. The number of Kickstarter videos I see where the person is selling, you know, you really should give to this project because it is no. You have to show me something other than yourself. And for PR individuals, when you're thinking about your client, please make sure that they are not the focal point. And I think somebody may come to mind as I'm telling this story because he's a mogul now, and a, a lot of backlash came to him because he was in every video. Every time you turn around, he has to be in every video. But, you know, <laughs> it happened to work for him for, for whatever reason. But please, publicists, as you're thinking about your fashion clients, take them off the camera. It, it's just, that's not what I'm buying. I'm buying what they're producing, what they're making, and all of that. And that's a real huge mistake 
in this crowdfunding. And Kickstarter, by the way, I'm not being paid to do any advertising for them. They are the number one crowdfunding platform. But you know there are many, many, many crowdfunding platforms. But because they are one of the first, they're one of the most trusted. And some of the crowdfunding platforms are specific genre, specific industry. So you have one for film. I think there's one for arts. Um, you can go to specifics that so will know exactly. But you can also come right, It's a nonprofit but, kind of adventure. So mm-hmm. you kind of have answered my two, almost two of the first questions that I had. One was, okay. if so many people are using the technique, what will make a person stand out from the others? And I guess you talked about the, your message, number one, the movement mm-hmm. within, you know, you've got to have videos. You've got to have more than just your face. On mm-hmm. you know on the platform saying you know buy me buy me buy me help me help me help me I guess you really have to give a person a reason to want to invest their money even if it's five dollars and why should I what so how can you what technique should you use then to say to help me stand out of among five hundred million other people that are on Kickstarter or any of the other crowdfunding platforms how do you stand yeah. out. You know, honestly, let me just say my opinion is I don't even, I would not necessarily gravitate to that source of funding for a fashion client. Or at least not let it be your totality of what you do is what you're saying. If you use it, don't just totally depend on that to fund you. Well, totally not. Yeah, absolutely not. Because okay. sometimes, I mean, if you're if you're sitting back there and that's it's the end all be all. If you're telling me that only if this survives will will I make it, then completely not. But I don't for for whatever reason I don't see it as something that really clicks with crowdfunding, it, unless it's this kind of movement. So aside from that, what is going to make what will make you stand out? And the, the other part to that is. Not everybody can do sustainable wear. Not everybody can do that. You have to have an expertise in that area, or you can just outsource everything into a a manufacturer or distribution center that you give them the idea. But outside of sustainability, eco-friendly, having some impact from a universal standpoint, only other thing that I can think of that would make it stand out or make you stand out from 100,000 or so would be the design itself, and if it's for a cause. For instance, you have the red scarf, or you have red, and you, you may remember when the Gap came out with red, and that's all it was. And they had a line of red scarves, they had some gray and red shirts, but that was fundraising for a nonprofit, for a charity. So every dollar or X number of percentages of that dollar went to the nonprofit. Okay, I can see that happening. Be careful, though, because in that philanthropic space, some of us have overdone it. Everything we do is for the nonprofit, well, not so much, because that is a very murky kind of space. So are you going to launch for a cause? Do you want to launch to give to children or, or to raise money for books? So in the fashion industry, I would advise PR individuals, if your client wants to do that, then make sure it makes sense from either a eco-sustainability platform or from a philanthropic platform. Either of the two, I don't see it. I just see you becoming one of um, many. And then also, when you talk about that amount we talked about that is going to get kicked back to the people who donated if you don't raise it, please do not go on Kickstarter and say, 
I'm, I want to raise $500 to start, you know, this amount that doesn't match the effort because that looks bad too. And I don't know what these ladies put as their, you can find out, I don't know what they put as what they want to raise, but what they were able to do was put your pledges in buckets, meaning $5 pledge, $10 pledge, $50 pledge, out of the close to sixty, a little $64,246, they only had, I believe, one pledge that was $500 or more. Or no, $500, I think, something like that. Which means that most of the people were given $5, $10, and, and 800 close to 800 gave it all together. So think about that, too. There's so many components to creating this campaign outside of what are you selling. But if you're going to have that, what is going to set me apart, I would say either from an eco-sustainability angle or from a philanthropic and you're raising funds. Okay. Okay, so and not so much as your face all the time, but your product and what your product will do, what the benefits, what the whistles are, instead of you as the client, as the designer being out front, it should be um, yeah. your design. Is that, okay. It, okay. It oh, my goodness, time be. is going so fast. Oh, my goodness, and I have more questions. Okay. <laughs> so um, the industry has seen this fashion concept before. Why is this one so different and successful in raising funds? Is it because they had a beginning and they had an end? They didn't try to keep it going, although they, you know, clearly could have um, kept it going, you know, on one level. But, again, you have. I think not only did they have that different or international impact, I believe, I'm guessing, just from reading their story, I don't know them personally, I'm guessing they have some great friends, some great friends both, internationally and locally, and just had people that believed in what they were doing. If you, you, you need to be kind of liked, kind of sort of. I mean, you really can't go on there. <laughs> if, you have a, if you have a bad reputation or when it's God forbid you've got some things on the radio and you've shamed some people with your reach, well, we knew you would never do that. But if you don't have a good reputation, if you're not, trust me, people will get on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and ban your your effort. So please have a good reputation. Have a good word out for yourself. Be, be in a, a good light. Be doing some good things. When people look you up on LinkedIn or whatever, Google Plus or whatever, please have a good profile. And those are the kinds of things as publicists we think about when we're taking on a client. Trust me, we're doing some due diligence and background before they walk in our office. At least I hope that we are. I do. And so all money is not good money. And so there have been many, 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 many people who have I have turned away because once I do my little background check, just like they've done a background check on me, I, it's not a good fit, not a good fit. So I believe these ladies had good reputations. They definitely had a good product, and um, I, I think they were well-liked. Um, and right before we close out, I want to – and we can certainly have this conversation again because I know how social media is. I wanted to throw in something completely unrelated, but it, it's super fun and it's fashion. And um, I know I didn't give you a heads up on this, but it'll be really quick, really quick. So how, <laughs> okay. how, long, how long do you think your attention span is when it comes to online shopping, say on, well, I won't throw out any names, on any site. You're online shopping, you're trying to find a dress, shoes, 
for you, Loretta, what is your attention span when it comes to cooking from shoe to shoe or from dress to dress? How, how long before you're fussing for yourself? I am the most un, I'm the most un, I'm not a great example because even when I physically shop, <laughs> I already have in my mind, this is the dress, this is the pantsuit, these are the shoes I'm looking for, already in my mind. I don't go in there searching. I don't look on every rack. I don't look at every dress. So my so even online, I'm the same way. I'm in there quick because my attention span, obviously, for shopping is very limited. Almost probably ADHD, if you know if that's the thing for shopping. I know what I want, so I'm very decisive. <laughs> and if it's not there, I'm not gonna look at. You know, if I'm not shopping for bed spreads, I'm not gonna look at that. I'm only gonna look at what I have. So it's short. And I. Trust me, when I walk in the stores, I, I've been told I have a look on my face that says, please don't ask me anything. I already know what I want. So there at Case Spade, Case Spade has been number one in what has been, and I'm pretty sure folks are going to catch on, to video online buying, for instance. And you can Google it and look it up. Case Spade has a video out where you're watching the video, and as you're watching the video, below the video, is a, is a scroll of all the items that are in the video. So you are looking at women who are dressed and they have the jewelry, they have the shoes, they have the dress, and you may say, I want that look. Now, you can go below and click on that look. You're not going to get all the pieces, but you'll get the main piece, and you buy. That has been one of the most successful online buying avenues thus far. Try it out. It's super fun, and I'm hoping that others now, I will say the programming of such a video is not easy. So you definitely have to get someone who, I believe MASH, MASHUP or MASH, one of those programs were like the back end of it, but you can Google it. But they have really kind of, they're honing and leading in the area of video online buying from a, oh, that's a dress because you're able to see her move, sit, she may be at a, an event, her hair is done a certain way. So you see the whole outfit actually in real time. And then you kind of click on the scroll bar and then you purchase. I think it's just a lot of fun. So that's kind of my try it, have fun with it, and that's more fashion for you. See, I could, I could work with that because it has a complete look, and I can say I want the entire look. I don't have to say, oh, let me go see if I can find some shoes to match this blouse. Let me go see <laughs> if I can find a skirt to match the blouse. Let me go see if I can match some accessories. Let me see if I can match a purse. Right. So if Kate Spade is doing that, Kate Spade might get to make Mary dollars. Oh, my goodness, because I do love <laughs> Kate Spade. I'm buying when it comes to that one. They're yeah. pretty cool. And see, that's another thing. You have to keep reinventing, the, you know, to get shoppers because yeah. we have this online life. So people have yeah. to be more engaged, and you have to get your buyers engaged. They have to be able to click something to see something, not just to buy, but have some kind of little bells and whistles because, like I said, my attention right. span is zero. I know what I want. I'm looking for it. <laughs> if I don't see it, I'm out of there. So I'm going right. to add that because that's what, that's what our conversations with you are about, fashion, and social media where they meet and where they don't need to meet. <laughs> it's like almost going yeah, on a blind date right. with us. <laughs> sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But Ian is here so to tell us how to have a more successful 
um, dating experience when it comes to fashion and online um, shopping and what's hot and what's not, what's great and what's mm-hmm. least when it comes to PR and fashions and how to make those things work. So I love this show. I love the energy. I love what you bring to the table. I'm always enlightened and informed and definitely inspired by your way of doing things as a PR powerhouse. So always Thank throw something in because, you know, I, I know how to catch when you throw. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask a question or just say, oh, wow, that was awesome. <laughs> well, I appreciate you, so you taking the time to enlighten us. Yeah, you're awesome, girl. I can't wait to next month. I'm sure it's going to be another, yes. you know, really intriguing topic. <laughs> it will. It will. We're, we're going to make it fun. And thank you again for always allowing me an opportunity to talk to a wider audience and folks who I, I've never met or never seen. It's just been great. Have a wonderful day. We're on to a press conference now. We're, we're, we're just moving. I'm sitting in my car in front of the place where the press conference is because that's how we have to do it as public sometimes. We have to, you know, we have to multitask that way. So as soon as I have done that I'll many be, times. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Well, okay, okay we'll have care, a great Loretta. press conference, and we'll talk soon, darling. Okay, All right, everybody. Thanks Bye. so much for listening okay. in to Loretta McNair Live presents Wednesdays with Ian Navarrell, our PR and fashion guru. It has been so informative, enlightening, and intriguing as we talked about fashion branding and crowdfunding. So invite your friends to listen to the archives as they are available 365 days a year. Also, looking forward to more shows with you on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. You can find us on Facebook at Loretta McNary Show and Loretta McNary Live, the radio show on Facebook and on Twitter. We're easy to find, so Google us as always. Think positive. Dream big dreams. Help someone along the way, and we shall see you very, very soon on the radio. Bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.